Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and you are listening to Putting You Over. Yeah. Uh, this guy is called the Standing Streamer. with regret and you're watching putting you over. Over. all right everybody welcome putting you over special time special edition got my coffee uh hopefully people can hear me we're good i think nikita is here uh nikita koloff nwa legend we're going to speak to him now and uh Hopefully my kids don't interrupt. So let me go see if he's over there. It's 9.55. I told him to be in at 9.55. Uh, let me just double check. I told him to be in. I asked him to be in. Politely. I'm coming, Mr. Hold on. No worries, young man. Take your time. We're a couple minutes ahead of schedule. Uh, oh, we're okay. We're fine. Um, we're actually, I mean, yeah, we're a couple minutes ahead. We were going to start at 10. Uh, but yeah, it, I love the background. Looks great. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You can hear me Appreciate fine. It. Everything is good. I, I can, you can hear me. Okay. Yeah. Sound phenomenal to me. Um, but so basically we're, we're live right now on Twitch and I do, I try to do something unique on Twitch different. Um, and I, I do all the shows live there. And then what I do is I'll, you know, download it, edit them, edit them, you know, cut them up, push them out to all the podcast platforms and YouTube and all that stuff. Just keeping myself busy, man. I got a house full of ladies, three daughters, one wife. It's keeps my mind at ease. Three daughters and a wife. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm familiar with that. You know, I raised uh, four girls of my own, so I get it. Yeah. Swimming in the estrogen ocean. I know what that's like. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um <laughs> but so I mean we can we can get started now. I mean we're live anyways. The first thing I want to yeah. say is uh thank you first of all for going out of your way to uh sit down with me and uh do this show. You, you probably I mean I'm I'm nothing from no one and uh, I really appreciate it. So uh no, yeah. I, I appreciate the opportunity, but I want to. I'm an encourager, so don't 
I, I want to encourage you to say you're not nothing from no one. You're 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 someone and 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 uh, who's making an impact and a difference and and doing and, what I and can. all of us. Yeah. And doing what we can. That's right. You know, just having our our small role in the bigger picture. That's right. Uh, well said. And um, when I was preparing for this show, uh, trying to take some notes and stuff, I said to myself, I, I want to – I just don't want to ask the same questions I'm sure you've heard a million times. And I said to myself, well, he's been, he's been doing this for so long. I probably can't. There's probably no possible way I could. <laughs> so I'm going to do the best. And hopefully, yeah, something comes from that. Um, Absolutely, it will. You know, Let's roll, man. Yeah, you're, you're NWA Hall of Famer. Your your resume speaks for itself. Um, you know, you went from we'll do a quick rundown: Crockett Promotions to WCW to you know late in your career, the NWA slash TNA uh, version and whatnot. But w- what always occurs, what always uh, intrigues me, is how does the Russian nightmare go from football because you you were you wanted to be a pro football player to wrestling how, how does that start how's that come about yeah it, you know it, of course let me just say up front if if you know people want the full story right. you know I always just send them they, they have a couple options they can go to nikitakolop.com or they can uh, pick up a copy of uh, Nikita a tale of the ring and redemption the last book uh, that that I, I wrote the biography and not only get uh, a whole, the full story from all the way back into my early days uh, in Minneapolis, Moscow, Minnesota, but, <laughs> but, uh, but if they're a wrestling fan of any to any degree, William Murdoch, who did the book with me, is a, a wrestling historian, and we we take kind of the roots of wrestling all the way back to the 1800s. Wow. Um, and uh, and give people kind of a glimpse into that that whole world that they may not have otherwise realized. But the, all that said, so yeah, the the cliff note version of that is growing up, uh, dreaming of being a, a professional football player, of one day playing in the NFL, and and uh, on that path through high school and college. Although I had uh, a couple setbacks that. Suffered uh, a fractured leg my freshman year. Overcame that setback. Um, it didn't hold me back. Uh, it, I used it as a comeback uh, to play three more years, only to fracture my other leg my senior year uh, while being scouted by the NFL uh, in, in college, Moorhead State University up in, in northern Minnesota. Yeah. And and had the confidence to overcome that injury because I'd already overcome it, you know, three years prior. And so I was on the path of, of, of training for pro football trial. When some of my buddies, well, actually in my um, last days of college, you know, some of my buddies had got into wrestling, uh, Barry Darso, oh. Ravishing Rick Rude, Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning, Animal and Hawk, the Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, uh, just to name a few had already broke into that business and were were engaged in that as I was wrapping up my college days and, and training for for football trial and then I got a random call uh, from Road Warrior Animal one morning and asking me about my thoughts about about being a wrestler and and honestly I really had not entertained the idea of it I didn't grow up dreaming of being a wrestler yeah, it wasn't was- on the radar. 
But when I saw their success and what they were doing, and there was a gap in there of time between my working out and my tryout, I thought, why not? Why not give it a shot? See if it works out. If it doesn't, I'll still pursue the path of football. And, and uh, of course, you know, the history speaks, as you said, for itself. Um, I made a phone call to a promoter in Charlotte named Jim Crockett. Had a five-minute conversation with him, sight unseen. You know, there weren't cell phones in those days no. where you take a selfie, a selfie and send a picture. And, um, you know, we discussed really in five minutes the, the, uh, the idea of coming to Charlotte, North Carolina, where I'd never been, um, entering the, the uh, business of professional wrestling, which I, I never con- had considered prior, with no experience. No amateur wrestling background, no professional training. I mean, I didn't go through any training schools or any of that. I just showed up the day Jim Crockett said to be in his office. <laughs> wow, and he struck gold. Well, he, fortunately for for me, and 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 I guess for him, um, I was able to to. He handed me the ball. Yep. I was able to carry it and 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 run with it as. Don Cronodal and Ivan Koloff had said many times during those early days. Uh, and even now I talk to Don from time to time and he's like, man, we just like threw you, you know, talk about being thrown into the fire. You know, I, I, I was throw, thrust into the ring in Raleigh, North Carolina in the Dorton arena with, uh, on a television match, never having been in a ring before. And uh, of course that, uh, that was my initiation. And then for the next two, three months, got to the towns early with Don and Ivan, and they would bump all over the ring for me, teaching me the mechanics of wrestling. I'd have a short match, very short. Ivan would sit in my corner. I'd sit in their corner. They were the world tag champions. And then on the way home, we would talk about the old school psychology of wrestling. So mechanics before the, the night began, psychology on the way home and that's how i learned the art of wrestling and the the psychology aspect of wrestling is just as important if not more to the character and what we see in the ring i mean i've never been there but i've been around enough wrestlers to to learn that so those drive those car rides home must have been just like phenomenal conversations and talk well Priceless, 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 and and of course, you know, and being trained by Don Cronodo and Ivan yeah. Koloff, and and eventually even coming under the tutelage of of the American Dream, Dr. Rose, the Tower Power, too sweet to be power, <laughs> if you will, yeah. Um, you know, I had invaluable uh, lessons to learn. Even guys in the ring, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, legendary in the Mid Atlantic, Johnny right. Weaver, Rufus R. Freight Train Jones. Uh, I mean, Mark and Jay Youngblood. I mean, the list really, really go, uh, goes on and on of, of who I had the privilege of being in the ring with. <clears throat> Dory Funk Jr. Yeah. I, I mean, there were so many legendary guys early in my career that I was able to learn from. And that's a lost art, really. Uh, and what I mean by that is, in those days, I don't think people realized there weren't script writers. They were writing our interviews. They were not writing our matches from start to finish. Uh, we, 
when you watch an interview in those days, it's it's at least for me. I I'll just speak for myself. Yeah, it was one hundred percent spontaneous that interview. When you watch a match in those days, there was a predetermined outcome. But if I'm wrestling Ric Flair for an hour, there's about fifty-seven minutes of that match that are not scripted. It is spontaneous. That was the art of psychology that's really been lost through writers, uh, writing interviews, writing matches, and that sort of thing. Yeah, we don't see as much of that anymore, at least uh, from what I hear, we don't. But what's that, like, how you get in the ring with a a Ric Flair and you have bullet points for that match, um, and and then it just plays out the way it does. Who was the easiest to go through a match with in that circumstance? Well, you know, really, I look back on it, the majority of guys that I worked with, that I wrestled with, uh, were just constant, what I would call consummate professionals. I I mean, you know, there there might have been a handful of guys you you maybe struggle with. You know, maybe your personalities clash, and just believe it or not, we aren't all friends. (laughs) Uh, You know, we... We try to be professional, especially when you step in the ring and and, and you're working against each other because there is a, a lot of trust involved there when you're letting guys pile drive you and suplex you and body slam you and all those sorts of things. But I, I would say that the majority of the guys I worked with um, was not – it wasn't a struggle. Let me say it that way. It was not a struggle. Uh, again, whether it was Sting or Lex Luger or Steve Austin or Rick Rude or, of course, Rick Flair, yeah. uh, Magnum PA, uh, he and I had some of the really some of the best chemistry together because we had very similar snug styles of working and which brought a real sense of realism yeah. to the matches. Um, and, and that was kind of my mindset was was. Yes, it's entertainment, but at the same time, my goal was, you know, for for the fan to walk away and feel like they got their money's worth uh, in watching my match. I I can remember. I'm 40 years old, and I can remember the superpower feud with the Horsemen, and I can remember uh, the best seven series, I believe, with Magnum TA. And I'll tell you what, I've never been more scared of the Russian Nightmare I can just remember, I remember it as clear as day, just being like when you would, when I would see you, just like, I was, I was young at that time. And I'm like, scared, literally. And and now as I think back to it, I was like, man, that worked. What they were doing, what he was doing was great, was working for what they wanted yeah, to. I, yeah, the persona that yeah. we wanted to portray. Yes. And, and part of that. And, and believe me when I say you're not you're not the first you're the first of you're the first of many who have voiced that very same thing. You're like, dude, as, man, you scared the heck out of me yeah. as a kid, man. I was, I, you know, whether they were at an arena or even just watching it on television, right? But part of that uh, was, of course, my mindset. And as as folks could tell in watching the match, I was and, and still really up to this day a pretty intense guy. I, I mean. You know, if I'm doing something, I'm going to put all my heart into it. I'm going to put everything I have into it. 
and that's what I say, even in the matches. I mean, you know, I, from opening bell to closing bell to uh, an interview on an interview set, you know, my intent was to give it, give it everything I had. And, and I was very intentional in doing that and, and very intense, which is what led to, you know, your response yeah. of, of being afraid of the Russian nightmare, right? Just going, ah. <laughs> it makes my hair stand up when I hear that. Um, <laughs> hey, by the way, I can't tell you how many people will message me like, go, dude, what does that mean? And it's just an expression it, it, that I put out there kind of, what is this? Or what's going on? You know, kind of thing. Uh, and that's how it came off. Like, yeah, they're like, I don't even know how to spell that. Like, well, neither do I, really. But anyway, um, and, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna go back and touch one more uh, thing about your history, and then we'll we'll move on to sure stuff today. Um, so I, when I was doing the research, which I'm gonna uh, NikilaKoloff.com, you know, pick up the book there because um, from what you just said, I definitely have to read that. Um, but based on my notes here, did did the WWF did Vince ever reach out to you to to wrangle no. you in? No, I, I mean, I, uh, I mean, you had uh, friends with uh, Rude and, and Henning and, uh, you know, uh, Darso. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I met Vince one time in a gym in Las Vegas. We we're running, uh, uh, he, he was running a show in town that night. We were running a show in town that night and, uh, ran into him in the gym, had a very cordial, brief conversation with him there. Uh, really my only conversation with him during my wrestling days. And when, when, when Darso told me he was going to leave, you know, we had brought him into the Carolinas as Crusher Khrushchev. Yeah. And, and uh, he's like, hey, I'm going to head up to, I'm heading up to New York. Why don't you go with me? We'll, we'll form this team called Demolition. And, you know, I, I didn't give it a lot of thought for a couple of reasons. One, you know, I really just felt like it was kind of a takeoff of, of the Road Warriors, Animal Hawk. Yep. And I really, out of respect for Joe and Mike, really didn't want to do that. Uh, but also, I'd worked so hard on the Russian nightmare yeah. character um, that I really didn't want to abandon that character uh, for something else. And Jim Crockett gave me my break, a, a, the break of a lifetime, yep. really, and, and an opportunity to, to uh, again, with, with no experience. You know, he took a risk, but at the same time... Uh, capitalized on that um and, and for that reason because jim crockett gave me that opportunity i i'm sure i could have negotiated called went up there probably made 10 times the money i made but you know what i loyalty anyone who knows me will understand that loyalty is is a big thing with me i mean i'm loyal to the nwa to this day yeah. i love what billy corrigan and, and dave lagan are the guys that do with nwa power but loyalty was a big thing for me and i was just i was willing to stay with the nwa even for for less money uh just because of the break that jim crockett gave to me i, I was gonna say um as i was doing this research you i heard that a lot in other interviews you're extremely loyal and um you're right you know crockett he took you on sight unseen as you said and where could you have gone you know hogan usa russian nightmare ussr where could that have been who knows? But you know, sticking around with the NWA, and as you said, NWA power. You're still loyal to them this day. 
Um, what were your thoughts and feelings when you heard that Corgan was bringing that back? I was excited. And uh, even, you know, last year participating in their Crockett Cup, they brought the yep. you know, return of the Crockett Cup and, and here and uh, not far from my home, actually, in North Carolina. And, and to be able to participate in that and, and then last, uh, last December uh, go down and actually walk into the studio and film some things there in the studio, uh, you know, reintroducing the world television title belt that I, you know, held around my waist. Um, and it just, it just took me back to those days on 10th at 10th and Techwood, you know, when we would walk in every Saturday morning for that studio audience and, uh, and, and, and film three hours of, of, of TV for Saturday nights at six Oh five and Sunday night. And, and, and so I, I, you know, I hope that, uh, you know, that, that they're able to, to continue on and, and, and stick with their vision and and maintain those grassroots uh, uh, approach that they're taking because it's something different. You know, it's different from the AWE. It's different from TNA. It's different from WWE. It's something different. Yep. And and uh, and I think there's a lot of fans out there. At least my experience from all the you know the legends autograph signings and things that I've done and continue to do. You know that there's a lot of fans out there that that. I love that and have missed that and and are appreciating what uh, what Billy and Dave and and, the, and Nick uh, all these and the guys are doing. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. The fans, the fans get a, a bad rap on especially on Twitter. Wrestling fans on Twitter just are toxic, toxic. But your experience with signings and what you just said, um there's a whole sector of fans that have been craving for this refreshing throwback NWA hour-long format. Um, what's your experience with those type of fans in the signs? You said, I mean, they, they're coming off great, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, again, I mean, every town I go to, every place I go and, and sign autographs and o- over the last 20 years, you know, have said to me, man, I miss that golden era, mm-hmm. you know, that era that mm-hmm. you were a part of. I, I miss that 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 feel of of you know not only the studio wrestling but you know just the excitement and 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 so not and i get it not every fan's gonna appreciate that or or it's not gonna appeal to every wrestler and that's okay that's that's why we've got the wwe that's why we got uh now the aew and and the the other organizations ring of honor and, and others um and variety is good and competition is good Competition is healthy, yep. and so if you can bring a variety, a, a variety of, of product, wrestling product, to the marketplace, uh, it at least gives the fans uh, the option, the opportunity to watch, watch some different things. And and my hope is, you know, and even for myself, I mean, I appreciate what the WWE does. Uh, you know, I'm not going to try to be critical of them. I mean, Vince McMahon is obviously been very successful in, in the promotion of WWE and in my days, WWF and, you know, kudos to him for his marketing prowess and, and, and what he's uh, been able to accomplish uh, in taking it worldwide. And, and, and I'm, Hey, I'm grateful for the WWE network that continues to yeah. show yeah. some of my old matches and, you know, keeps my name out there. And, and, and so I'm thankful for that. I was going to ask you if you if you kept up with uh, the other products, the WWEs, the the AWs, MLWs, people like that. 
you keep up with them as much or probably don't have time? I don't, I don't really, I mean, I'm, I'm, because of, I mean, because of what I do now, mm -hmm. uh, it, it's not on the forefront of my, of my radar. Um, I, I'll catch up on, on kind of the current affairs more when I'm out signing autographs yeah. and people will kind of fill me in a little bit on that, on that level. Um, you know, if I catch anything at all, it's going to be the NWA power. Um, and then I, you know, on social media, you'll see bits and pieces and, and current, current affairs on social media. And although I don't spend a lot of time on social media, I kind of pick up on things that way. So just to really through conversations, not so much my sitting down, uh, listen, I haven't had satellite or cable television in my home for 12 years. So. <laughs> uh, I don't even have cable here either, which is amazing. But within today's day and age, you don't need cable. You have all sorts of streaming services, the network. My daughters can watch. Disney Plus is on 24-7 in my house. So, Yeah, you, YouTube, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, all the different, all the other outlets that we have now. So, uh but I limit the, my, my time in, in front of a screen anyway. Uh, I try to be very mindful of that. Yes. Um, to, to go back to the NWA power, they got the thing, the circle squared, which is them given opportunities to, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say independent wrestlers. They're not new. Some, some guys have been in the business a while. Some are more new. But you're involved in that. You're coaching Jeff Lewis, Neil, and, and Tyson Dean. How, how did that all come about, too? Well, I've, I've known Jeff over the years um, and watched his work in the ring again because I've been on some of the shows signing autographs where where he was performing and and uh, and Jeff approached me a couple of years ago and for anyone who may have saw the, the some of their their pr promos maybe you know I don't know if they did or didn't but all that to say Jeff approached me a couple of years ago and said hey um, you know, I really like to take my, my game to the next level have a few ideas and then eventually Tyson Dean, uh, Tyson Alexander Dean came into the picture and, and, and I, I thought to myself, Hey, I was coached by a couple of great guys. Yep. I can pull off and Don Granoto. These guys, you know, any elite athlete likes to, you know, who has excelled to, to that level has had a coach. I mean, it just has. And so I look at these two guys and both of them have experience under their belts. They're, they're, they're good at their craft, and yet they have a, a hunger and a desire to go to the next level. And so why not? Why not step in and share with them some of the knowledge and information and experience that I gained from Ivan, Don, Dusty, and others uh, and, and be able to try to help them take their game to the next level? And, and, and if they land a contract with NWA Power, uh, that, would, that would just you know, be an, an added blessing. But at very least, you know, they could step their game up. And so... Uh, I agreed to do that, and, and and depending on what would unfold there, you know, we, we've got some ideas that, that we're considering that uh, that I'm not at liberty to divulge <laughs> at this time. That's right. Keep I'll it kayfabe. I'm about that. Uh, I'll keep it like old school. I'll keep people, you know, how the show used to end. Uh, uh, the, the TV show would end with a cliffhanger, get, getting you to come back next week to watch, so. Uh, I'll leave it with that part of the conversation as a cliffhanger saying, what are these guys up to uh, coach K and, and uh, Tyson and Jeff? So we'll, let, let's just see what potentially could unfold in the future. Um, 
it 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 was great. It's great because uh, I saw you on NWA Power. You know, you you see you come out. It, it's such uh, nostalgic, and you speaking, you know, um, promo wise, great. Like you said, unscripted stuff, which you don't get much these days anymore. Same thing with uh, Jake Roberts over on AEW. It, it's just uh, it's just good to see. Um, for anybody out there that may see this promo wise, you have any advice for giving promos? Oh, did I lose him? Oh, there he is. You you went you you were I cut out. In and out just a, a little bit. Yeah, cut out a little bit. Just <clears throat> repeat the question. Uh, promo promo wise, you got any advice? As far as delivering a promo, um, we know th- some of the best promos are unscripted. Um, any advice for anyone out there? Well, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, again, if you compare today's product with 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 the, the era that I was a part of, again, and I'm basing this on fan comments, right? What right. fans have said to me, even fan reaction uh, in the arenas, uh, I think a big part, uh, I think a major difference is, again, the difference between something spontaneous and something that's scripted. And taking nothing away from the from the guys today who who are are you know handed a script and and doing their best to deliver that interview or deliver that that match um, when it's unscripted so to speak yeah obviously there's some who are are better at it than others that's just that's just reality however. When you're speaking from really, in a sense, kind of from the heart, because uh, it is spontaneous, it seems to come across with a, a more sense of realism um, than when you're just memorizing a script and delivering a script. Not that there's still not, you know, uh, a, a passion or emotion in, in it, but it's a script. It's not it's yeah. written by somebody else and handed to you. It's not your own thoughts. It's not coming from you know, essentially from your heart in, in that way. And, and so the, the difficulty would be depending on the organization you're working for, whether or not you have the, the liberty or the flexibility to do that, you know, that that may not be there with certain organizations. They, ju- they may say to you, hey, this is the way it is. You want to be a part of this organization. Here's how we do it. <laughs> and you either accept that or you don't. Are there, are there things um, in wrestling today that's, that you see or you hear um, that's the same when you wrestled? And are there things different? Like, what, what should we be seeing more of in wrestling, and what should we be seeing less of? Well, and again, there's, there's a variety of fans, and, and all of these different products appeal to, to different fans. And... You know, everybody's going to have an opinion. So, um, you know, for me, again, what what I personally like is 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 the uh, old school mentality, and, and part of the old school mentality was get the most out of out of the least. You know, in, in today's world, you know, fast paced action, you know, a, a thousand different moves in a matter of about 120 seconds. Yeah. Uh, in, in some cases. Uh, things are 
happening at a, such a rapid pace that it's hard for you to wrap your mind around it and or talking to actually William Murdoch, who I mentioned uh, helped uh, worked with me on my last book project, you know, the wrestling historian, you know, I, I was asking him about, you know, Hey, did you watch WrestleMania and, and what, you know, what are your thoughts? And all that said, his comments, which I think are very valid for many people today is storylines, storylines. And what I mean by that is, you know, when I was building up to the first Great American Bash against Ric Flair, yeah. it was about a six-month buildup for that um, without really either of us having any kind of altercation, uh, for the most part, leading into that evening of the Great American Bash. We took our time building that story and, and or... Um, Bill brought up, uh, he brought up the, the matches between Jack and Jerry Briscoe and, and uh, Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood and how, how they took two years building that story. Two years. And Jack and Jerry had both been NWA World, World Heavyweight Champions, but they had never been the NWA World Tag Team Champions. And so that was part of the story as their quest to go after the world tag team titles, but two years, Bill said, they built that story. Well, it seems like nowadays stories are built in like two minutes. Right. <laughs> and then and then blown off, or one guy's wrestling the same guy nine different times yeah. over and over and over and over again. And and it seems like in those days there were different tiers of wrestlers which in today's world, uh, all of them seem to be on the same tier and, and which limits the, the future, the hope for a future superstar. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. That's, that's, that's what I, and I, I, I don't know that they can go back to that. I, I, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's time tough. Time will tell. It's, yeah. And one of the things I like or wish I could see more. It's weird. What I want to see more of is actually less wrestling. Uh, you have Raw has three hours every Monday. And then you have the NWA and people like the NWA, people like MLW, they put on uh, about an hour program, an hour show. And I think I actually get more, take more out of the hour than I do the three hours. I, I've, heard, I've heard more than one person say that. And, uh, again, I mean, I, Bill told me WrestleMania for the first time was like two nights and it was yep. like four hours each night yeah. that, that included the hour pre-show or yep. something. I'm like eight hours. I'm like, <laughs> wow. See, for me, Hey, listen, I, I, I'm grateful that I had the opportunity I had, but I, I for one, I, I don't, I just don't want to sit in front of a television for eight hours. And, and that's just me. Now, yeah. nothing against those who enjoy that, who love that. That's just me. And again, the old school mentality, my brother, was less equals more. Yep. And, and I did a tour across Canada uh, two, three years ago, and uh, we did 21 cities in 21 days. Wow. <laughs> we covered 5,500 miles. It was pretty amazing because I'd never seen Canada's beautiful for all the Canucks out there. Love your country. Beautiful country. I got to see... 
19 cities, I think, that I had never been to, uh, several provinces that I'd never traveled to. And, and it was interesting because on the first few days, a lot of these younger guys and even some of the gals on the card were coming to me saying, hey, did you watch my match? Do you, you know, can you, can you give me any pointers? Can you, you know? And so I made it a point. In fact, one of the guys brought me a notebook and a pen because I said, <laughs> I can't remember all your matches, but, uh, you know, if I could write them down. So he brought me a notebook and a pen, you know? So I did. I started writing down, watching all their matches and, and shared a few thoughts that I thought would, would benefit them in their careers. And what was interesting was I said to several of them, I go, you know, I, I can give you some pointers, but here's the deal. You have kind of a new school mentality. Yeah. I'm from the old school, and I don't know if you'll even listen to what I, you know, what I'm telling you. It's just, it would just be a waste of my breath. But that said, to their credit, some of them really they they took to heart what I said, and, and especially about the more equals less. And like you're going out there trying to do a hundred things. Yeah, slow it but down. Man, if you just slowed yeah. the match down and gave people a time to really, really mentally assent into it. I'm telling you, you get more response out of the fan if you did less than if you do more. And a few of them went out and implemented that. And it was fun because they'd come to me and they're like, oh, my gosh, it worked. I, mean, you were, <laughs> I go, well, just saying. Just saying. I, I might mean, know what worked. I'm talking about. It, well, it worked for many, many years but, you know, prior to this new, new, new wave of, of doing things. But anyway, uh, yeah, those those are some those are some thoughts. Um, you, you mentioned WrestleMania. You know, we're all stuck in inside and can't really do much for the most part. Um, but I watched WrestleMania with the kids, and one thing I took away from it this year was because they had to tape it and they had to basically do studio wrestling in some of the the Firefly Funhouse and Taker's Boneyard match. You know, the cinematic uh, display of a match. Do you, do you think? we may see more cinematic productions like WWE did with that? Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it gave them thought for other possibilities right. for the future. Now, you know, how, how, how well, and time will tell how well people will respond to it based on whatever they go, right? Buy rates right. And, and all that sort of thing. Um, although, you know, wrestling in an empty arena like that, obviously, you know, in that world, it's a game of revenue, right? Yeah. It's a game of revenue. And look, if there's not people in the, I mean, there's a lot of, lot of lost revenue by, you know, merchandise sales and concession sales and, you know all of that ticket sales for the for the live audience. Uh, so I don't, I would never see him going uh, fully away from that, per, perhaps. But it it may give them another option of doing some things in the future. Now having had that experience, yeah, I I think they won't go away from what they're used to, based all on the revenue, the money. We it, it's going to extend takers life as a as a performer those type of matches it was just interesting to see um but i i want to i want to transition a little bit into what you're doing right now um with your ministry stuff um 
and try to do my best to relate that to wrestling uh, because it, this is out of my area of quote-unquote expertise. But you have people like uh, HBK, uh, AJ Styles, who have gone on, you know, they've said that their faith means more than certain uh, maybe programs or spots in the wrestling business. Um, do, do you find it, do you think it's hard for uh, somebody of Christian faith uh, to be in the wrestling business and get those type of of spots and have to say like uh my you know like like they said they, they're not going to do certain things is that a challenging sure uh, absolutely because um and of course again today's wrestling world is different from the right. days gone by yeah. um uh, where where again i'm not on the road with these guys nowadays i mean you know in my day reflect back in my day I mean, in 1986, for example, I had 454 matches. Wow. In, in oh, wow. <laughs> do the math on that. That's a lot of matches. Yeah. <laughs> I had 454 Holy. matches. And so it was, it, that was our lifestyle. I mean, it was a lifestyle of being on the road. And, and with that comes a lot of temptations, mm -hmm. a lot of things at your disposal, um, and, and all of that. And so to be a Christ follower, uh, for sure in those days, was, was certainly a challenge. I'm not going to say it was impossible, but right. it was a challenge. Now, I don't, I don't, it, it, well, and I will say, I guess the difference would be in, in today's modern world, obviously the language has changed. Yeah. And by that, that meaning the, la the, 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 the language on, on all shows, not yep. just wrestling shows, but on all shows, uh, that that they it, it has become you know a little more uh, they've become a little more lenient with what can be said and what is said. Uh, it was uh, to a degree kept kept a bit cleaner back in those days. Um, but I do remember HBK, uh, Sean, and and of course AJ Styles. Uh, for the record, uh, when I was just when I was helping, I did a few shows for you mentioned the NWA yep. slash TNA in its very early days. I did, uh, I think, four shows for them to kind of help them launch. And yeah, Jared it wanted me back in the ring. I'm, dude, I'm like, dude, I am not putting the tights back on. I'm done. No, you can stand on the apron. I'm like, oh, yeah, that the Russian knights are standing on the apron, not even getting in the ring, right, in a six-man match or something. He's like, you know, I'm like, not happening. But anyway, and I used to do a little Bible study uh for, for before, you know, that's when they were doing the pay-per-view every Wednesday night live. Yep, yep. And, and uh, I used to do about a 15-minute Bible study, and AJ was one of the guys who faithfully came every time I did that. And uh, so I knew the young man had a, a pretty solid foundation, but that is a challenge for, for today, you know, depending on the who the promoter is and to say, look, I'm, I'm not, this script has cussing in it, I'm not going to cuss. Right. It's just I have a personal conviction. I'm not going to cuss. So you got to, you know, you got to change that or a story or a storyline. Even if even if it is a two minute storyline, right. a storyline that has something compromising in it that would compromise my faith, uh, and 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 then have to make that decision uh, can be very challenging. And so kudos to those who stick by their guns and stick to their convictions. And, and don't give in to that just be just be just for a payday or be for, for right. a paycheck right um, and so yeah in, in, in response it, it 
It, it's it, but you know what? In any walk of life, yeah, to be a Christ follower is challenging. In, in any walk of life, to do what you do, do these interviews. I mean, in any walk of life, no matter what you're doing, uh, I, I mean, Jesus said, "In this life, you'll have trouble, you'll have tribulations. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult and challenging, no matter whether it's wrestling." Or anything else. Yeah, my daily life is is literally challenging every day, especially that now we're home with all these ladies here, and I'm trying to homeschool, and I'm trying to do my work, my actual job as well. It is challenging. Um, uh, we had a question from David in Atlanta. He he was wondering if fans, um, rel- very religious fans, if if they might struggle with their faith and their fandom as well, and if you had any advice for that. I'm not sure I understand the question. They struggle in their faith and their... If they struggle, um, it's almost the same as as HBK and AJ Styles. If they're a fan of wrestling and maybe something comes on that's, uh, you know, cursing or compromising, um, do you think fans struggle with that same aspect? I would imagine so. And again, that's where personal conviction has to to kick in, right? I mean, whether it's a wrestling... Again, whether it's a wrestling show... Whether it's a movie, I mean, regardless of, of, of what it, you know, what a, a television show, I mean, personal conviction has to kick in, you know, depending on your love for the Lord and, and how you want to honor him is how I would address that uh, in terms of your conviction, you know, is where you have to decide where you're going to draw the line and go, okay, and turn the, and turn the channel or turn the TV off or or, or you know, yeah. walk out of the out of the movie theater. It just has to be a, on a level of personal conviction. And 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 what I find is, you know, because we're all at different places in our journey in life. Um, you know, some have some have deeper convictions than others, and and that's just a part of a, I, I believe the process of maturing as a Christ follower. I know. For myself personally, the more I fall in love with the Lord, the more I pursue this passionate relationship with him, the the less I want to, I guess I would say it this way, the less I want to do something that would compromise my witness as a Christ follower. And and so I find that the more mature I become, the stronger my relation becomes, the more I want to do things that please him than please myself. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, another question in the chat uh, asks, are you working on any more books right now? Actually, I am. Oh, man. He cut out. Oh, maybe he'll come back. Oh, did we lose him? Lose me? Yep, you're back. You you are you working on a new book? Oh. So yeah, it's okay. interesting they would ask. Yeah, I was. I took a sabbatical a couple two times uh, last year up to the mountaintop, like literally to the mountaintop, and out of that uh, came a, a a brand new book that that I am currently working on. Um, it's going to be di- different from any of the others that I've done. I've done three. Yeah. Um, Breaking the Chains was, was the very first one I did several years ago. That's kind of been out of circulation. I'm actually looking at rewriting that and bringing that back into circulation. Um, I'm also 
writing this brand new one that uh, hopefully we'll have out by the end of the year. Um, and uh, a tale of the ring of redemption. Uh, Bill Murdoch and I are actually working. I've already written four or five new chapters for that book. Um, and so by hopefully again, by the end of the year or really sooner, we hope to have, uh, a, a new edition with new chapters and maybe even some new photos and things uh, in that as well. Not to say that the original one that's out there right now and available uh, is not good because because it is. We just wanted to bring it even more up to date uh, as well. So brand new book, uh, second edition of the last book, and hopefully a, a revision okay. of the very first book. And since we have a lot of time, that's that's kind of been occupying some of my time. That, you know what? That that leads me. I, I wanted to ask you. Easter is is coming up. I mean, it's what it's tomorrow. Uh, we just had Good Friday. How how are you going to be celebrating since people can't meet at church? Yeah, I. Uh, well, it was interesting. I of course I, I actually uh, celebrated Passover on on Wednesday night. Right. With the, uh, messianic jewish friend of mine scott bulk uh, with the passover seder uh and and then uh good friday yesterday just a time of of reflection yeah. of course some quiet some good quiet time of self-reflection and 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 where where i'm at um and for me i i've considered there's a number of churches have uh, in fact i spoke last sunday at palm sunday Hickory, North Carolina, at the Hills Church, um, and tag teamed with Pastor Justin Porter at their drive-in wow. church. They have, they have, yeah. And there was, there was dozens and dozens of cars that came in for the service. They're doing that again tomorrow there. In Hickory, if you're in the Hickory, North Carolina area, yeah. the Hills, uh, 11 a.m. drive-in. Pastor Justin's got a great Easter message, and obviously there's tons and tons and tons of. Church services online. My, my own church, the Refuge, Pastor Jay Stewart, actually started last night, today, and tomorrow is broadcasting uh, eleven different Easter services uh, o- online. Uh, you know, through uh, uh, through through media and and technology, and so I haven't fully decided yet whether I'm going to uh, physically go to a driving right. church locally here in the community. Or dial in uh, to a service online. I haven't uh, made a full, an ultimate, a final decision on that yet. Um, let's move into. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about Man Camp? What that's all about? Well, yeah, the ministry as a whole, Koloff for Christ Ministries. Yes, there you go. And uh, a simple, if you want to learn, if you want to learn more, a little bit more about that, Koloff.org uh, and or mancamp info uh is a ministry a men's ministry. like the lord really put put men on my heart many many years ago i've been involved in men's ministry so not only do i preach on sunday mornings and travel around the world doing revivals and crusades but i do a lot of men's events men's dinners and lunches and breakfasts and conferences and and uh, in 2015 uh lex luger some people might know that yeah. name uh the total package um he actually lived with me for about 10 months in, in 2015. And, and out of that time together, we had already done a, quite a bit of men's ministry. You know, he, he, I gave my life to the Lord 17 October, 1993, uh, at an altar in Concord, North Carolina, after I'd left wrestling. 
um, having not grown up in the church, but just led to the altar that day and yep. it transformed my life. Lex on April 23rd, 2006, a, a jail chaplain, Steve Baskins, uh, in a hotel room, led him to the Lord and, and surrendering his life. And from that, he and I initiated, a, 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 just got reintroduced uh, after about 11 year absence together and have created a, a incredible bond and friendship. Um, and he's my, really one of my biggest inspirations. Anyway, that said, Lex and I had this vision for doing conferences called Man Up, which is a just a one-day conference yep. that we do at, at the local church. And from that, a, a full five-day catalyst in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Cedar Grove Retreat called Man Camp. And we take small groups of men. We limit it to 24 men. And we, they come in from all over the country, from all backgrounds, whether they're uh, a, man, someone in, a man in the marketplace, someone in ministry. It doesn't matter your background. As long as you're 18 years or older, you're, you're invited to come and spend a few days with us where we can really delve into what it looks like uh, to, to be, I like to say, to be healthy. Of course, physically, him and I take our years of experience in physical health, uh, mental health emotional health, uh, spiritual health. We try to, we try to look at my tagline is this. We try, we, we want men to, we want to equip men to send them home to someone like yourself with, with three girls yeah. and a wife uh, to be, you know, men of God, lead your family well, and just be healthy in all these areas of, of your life. And so it's a pretty powerful impacting few days that we spend together uh, at this man camp. Excellent. Excellent. Um, well said And all those links, I've been posting them in the chat and in our little overlay here, it's down below. Um, one thing I like to do on this show that I like to live by is I, I never want to keep anybody over an hour. We all have other things and to get to and all that fun stuff. So it's at the point of the show where I'm going to hand you the microphone. Now, uh, you're unscripted. You can plug whatever you want, put yourself over, uh, the floor is yours, Mr. Koloff. Well, uh, you know, I just want to say that. I mean, we've obviously we talked about a lot. We talked about the yep. wrestling career. We've we've talked about uh, you know current current affairs. What I'm what I'm doing now. That my heart for ministry. My heart for people. Um, you know, I, I love the wrestling fan. When I, one of the greatest uh, one of the greatest joys for me now is when I go out to do these autograph signings. Is hearing. Uh, your stories, hear, hearing how how perhaps one of my matches influenced or impacted your life somehow, some way. You know, you talked about how oh, I scared you to death. Yeah. Well, at the same time, I have others who said, wow, I, you know, I got into weightlifting because of you. I mean, you were my inspiration. Or I got into wrestling because of you. Or, or And now um, one of the greatest compliments, too, is people will come to me and not at these autograph signings not necessarily talk about a match, but they'll say, man, you came to my church and you preached and here it was the message that you, you yeah. preached 12 years ago, 15 wow. years ago, eight years ago. And so talk about being humbled uh, and, and the ultimate compliment. Um, you know, that, that's what, what means more to me than, 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 uh, than so many other things. I'm grateful. I'm thankful for the wrestling career that I, I had, um, 
I'm grateful to be able to still go out and, and mingle with the fans, meet the fans, and all the pastors that bring me in. Many of the churches I go speak at, they were wrestling fans. They grew up yeah. watching wrestling, and they found out I'm an evangelist, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a minister, and and uh, and invite me into their church. So, you know, certainly for those in the listening audience, if, you know, if you'd love for me to come to your community, if there's a church, your, your home church, or Talk to your pastor. Give them my website. Uh, give them the koloff.org website, and and um, you know perhaps I can come to your area. Or uh, let me say this too: I had some fun on on social media a few weeks ago, and I said, "Hey, if you have a favorite memory, a favorite story, uh, whether it was in church, uh, school, I used to do school assemblies. I still do some speak in schools, but." If, if you heard me speak somewhere uh, or you have a favorite memory from a wrestling match I was involved in, shoot me an email, and, I, and here's why. Here's why. Um, the revision I'm doing for A Tale of the Ring of Redemption, I'm going to include a chapter that has some some of those stories. Nice. Some of those stories. So if you want to... Email me at Nikita, the letter S as in Sam, Nikita, S, Koloff at Gmail, your favorite memory of the Russian nightmare. Again, whether it's in wrestling, yeah. whether it's at a church, whether it's school, email that story to me, and who knows, maybe your story will get included in that chapter, and uh, I just a way that uh, I want to honor some of, the, some of the fans or some of the followers of Nikita Koloff out there. And I, I thank you for this time, to, really your invitation to be uh, a part of this interview and just giving me an opportunity to share some of my story, my friend. Excellent. Thank you. We're very well spoken for being Russian. You know how many people, I get people all the time, thank you, I appreciate good English tutoring. Yeah. But uh, I get people all the time like, Man, I just one time. Let me hear that Russian voice just one time. I can't get used to that English, you know. <laughs> for all the fans out there, I say to you, thank you for being the father of the Russian nightmare, Chateau Excellent. <laughs> Have yourself a wonderful day, Mr. Koloff, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you very much. Hey, happy Easter to everybody out there. Go celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, there you have it. First edition of Putting You Over uh, Coffee and Clotheslines with Nikita Koloff. Man, I enjoyed it. I, I did my best not to ask the same things. I'm sure he's heard. I'm sure I did. I, I, one thing I did want to ask him is, did he ever kind of like this camera angle on the Zoom? Maybe I should switch cameras. This is nice and up close to me. Get to see my beautiful face. Well, not none of you guys can, but actually you could. If I do this, you could. Yeah, see? Look at that. My beautiful face. That close. Anyways, I thought it was great. I hope people out there enjoyed it. Um, so it was fun. And uh, yeah, man, the Russian nightmare. You heard him. Send him those emails. Get in. Give him the book. Um, but and I'm out of coffee. So the show is, is hit its peak today. And uh, I just want to thank everybody for coming in. Thanks for the questions. Uh, if you like what you see here, you can follow the Twitch. Always catch the show live. If you're watching this on YouTube, where's the camera? If you're watching this on YouTube, click subscribe. Just tell a friend. And uh, that's all I really ask is just tell someone. 
Uh, all right, everybody, stay safe, stay strong, and stay sane. Thank you. Uh, this guy's called the Standing Streamer. Wrestling with regret, you're watching putting you over.